You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello and welcome to Bastards and Broken Things, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast by Fan Critical. Good klaxon. Uh, today I'm joined by House Tarly with John. Hey everybody! House Stark with Lucy. Hello! And House Tully with Gareth and I am your host Len. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Gaz doesn't get to hello. <laughs> no, say hello Gaz, say hello. Not even allowed to say hello at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. You know, I've just seen something that's really <laughs> shook me, and it shook all of us, um, I have to say. We've just watched season eight, episode three, <laughs> The Long hello. Night. No, no, he's still going. No, still still Ooh, not allowed to say hello. Pipe down, boy. Don't worry, I've got up at 4.30 to do this, but that's, that's fine. I'll just sit <laughs> quietly and listen. <laughs> uh, we have just watched season eight, episode three, entitled The Long Night, Jesus, and it's man. fair to say that it has uh, shaken us to our very core. Mm. I don't know if we're going to be able to articulate our thoughts extremely well. For that reason alone, we have live reactions uh, from watching that episode. And I have to say, some of them are hilarious. So do stick around for that. Also, spoilers abound. If you haven't yet seen Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Light, then please do go and watch it now and then come back to this because it is spoiler-filled discussion, okay? Mm. Right, warning, spoilers, final warning. Okay, let's jump into it. I think this is going to be a bit more of an ad hoc podcast. It's going to be very emotional. It's very raw. I'm going to go to Gareth first in Australia because we didn't actually watch it with you, mate. We watched it all together here. I want to get your reaction to uh, that incredible episode. It's a shame that you want to start with a downer um, because <gasps> I can feel you your mental? enthusiasm. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it from across the seas. Um, the narrow sea. All right. This was, uh, on its own, an absolutely incredible 80 minutes of television. And I, I thoroughly loved and, and hated as well at times the, the whole journey, just because of how intense it was. Like, it was intense. And I don't, I don't know how they've, how they've managed to, to pull off something on this scale for TV. Like, that's incredible. And for that alone, it is one of the one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. If you were to score this episode, you'd use yeah. blueberries. So before you do, can you explain what the blueberry scale is for anyone that doesn't know? Good, yeah. Sure thing, mate. Yes, of course. Um, I will be using blueberries. You're absolutely right to bring that up. Now, the blueberry system is thus... We have a scale of zero to five blueberries, with zero being the least blueberries you can give anything, 
five being the most blueberries you can give anything. Um, you cannot have half a blueberry um, because that is a ridiculous idea on the blueberry scale. Uh, I shall be returning soon. Um, it's a it's a it's a firm scale, but it is a very fair scale. Back to the episode in question. I have got some concerns. Um, they all stem, all of it stems from the fact that uh, I'm a book reader. Of, I mean, specifically Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice. Don't read. Don't read anything else. Um, Literate. But where's Wally? <laughs> or Waldo, uh, for either, certain listeners. Yeah, yeah. I, I do read Tintin, actually, so yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the... <laughs> The concerns that I have are book related, and so I'm, I can't, I kind of, I can't reconcile how much I enjoyed that show with the fact that I am concerned about how that leaves us in the book. So I'm going to give it a blueberry score for the show alone because I think that's the fairest thing to do. I think that's the fairest thing to do, mm. and for that, it, this episode of TV can't get anything less than five blueberries. Correct. It was an incredible episode of TV. Um, but as we go, I will be flagging a few issues that came up as a book reader. Oh, cer- certainly there's issues. Sometimes, like Avengers Endgame, I have to say you have to let some of these issues go. If you do want to hear our Avengers Endgame podcast, you can do so right now, live at uh, Fan Critical's channel. Any podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. We're on there. Lucy, coming to you next. Yes. Watched it with you. Yep. Um, tears flowed. They did. Emotions ran riot they did thoughts please and a bloob okay um yeah i was incredibly emotional towards the end um i actually held it together pretty well considering the tears that were flowing there could have been a lot more i don't know if you did hold it together I did, well listen it, to the reactions but it was look g- at her face was- <laughs> <laughs> i've seen photo evidence myself my poor little puffy eyes you could have said puffy the vampire slayer that's, that's very, good. Oh, very good anyway oh, yes very good. Very, very emotional um I'll be honest, I've been dreading watching this because I was so fearful of who we would lose. You didn't have to come over. I mean, fucking Dreading hell. with these chumps. No, oh, Jesus. Very, very few moral support. Actually, Len had his hand on our shoulders for a lot of it. I did. Didn't help. Comforting. Oh, didn't make me feel much better. Classic. Um, Handsy. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. There's most of it I didn't enjoy watching. I was, I was just filled with fear and oh. dread. So as much as I could appreciate how great it was, I was like, oh, this is horrific. This now is you know awful. what it's like to be on the front lines at the Battle of Winterfell. Well, I do. Um, but there was a couple of scenes that, I mean, the last, the penultimate scene oh, is one Lord. of the first, one of the only times in Game of Thrones where you've been like, fuck, yes, this is what, because it's always going wrong in Game of Thrones. And finally mm. it was like, yes, something good, yeah. the best thing. We'll um, save that for later, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I thought it was probably the best thing I've ever seen on TV. I've never seen anything quite like it. Nothing that has evoked such strong emotions within me. Um, and I echo Gaz, it cannot be less than a five. Very good I'd five. I'd give it more if I could. Yep, yeah, very good. The War of the Five Kings, five bloobs. Uh, John. <laughs> yes, yes, that. John, I've never seen you so emotional. I just watched Endgame with you, which I thought you actually got quite emotional at. Yeah, you loved Endgame, really. Come on. <laughs> Well, look, I, I don't want to ruin Endgame for people that haven't seen it. No, it no, might no, be no good, it might be terrible. Yeah, listen to the All podcast, right? so... Um, it's always difficult to do a podcast so soon after watching... Yeah. 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 Uh, something that I've been waiting for for 
I think it's fair to say, like, I don't know, eight years. Yeah, close to a decade. Um, a lot of a, a lot has happened in those eight years. Mm. Um, Life moves on. Yeah, absolutely. I just... Right, so just to give context, I think I remember when we first started this podcast, the reason we started this podcast was because of Game of Thrones. Yeah, boy. Uh, and as it developed, you know, we all got personalities. I mean, I already had one, um, but obviously <laughs> I, I crafted... I've written most of you as characters. Um, and to, to be honest, just slander. looking at you guys, I'm like, you know, I've done all right. Um, <laughs> now his watch and, is over. Yeah. And you get to you get to a point like this. You watch a show like this. This is why I wanted to do podcasts to talk about how I felt watching something that, uh, I mean, to be honest, I did my dissertation on The Sopranos. Like... And that will always be my favourite TV series. Great show. Anyone that doesn't think that this 80 minutes or so of TV is not the best 80 minutes of TV that has ever been crafted, they they know absolutely nothing about filmmaking. That was exceptional. The pacing of it was just absolutely incredible. Um, I feel fucking privileged to have watched that. Mm. I feel privileged to do this podcast mm. that was exceptional um, and every, cry everyone involved in that <laughs> Puffy's coming back every, <laughs> everyone involved in that episode uh, all the actors over the years um, they can turn around and go we fucking nailed that that is why I podcast mm. that is why I watch TV that is why I did film that is exceptional it's five bloobs oh. I wish I could give it more that is brilliant that is exceptional just brilliant. Oh, how am I supposed to follow that? That was the best thing you've Just ever... Just blueberry score and go. Yeah, that's the best thing that John's ever said then. on this podcast, I have to that's, say. That, this, this is the happiest I've heard John in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. that was very lovely, John. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I will echo everyone's thoughts and say it's five blueberries. I was going to mention the fact that we did start this podcast covering season seven, episode four, oh, the, spo- the no, 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 spoils of war, which I have to say up to this point was my favorite episode of Game of Thrones ever. Yeah, that's fair. It literally, when we, when we literally started this podcast it was so weird. We started it in the middle of season seven as a group of mates just coming <laughs> around my house. It's a big a, episode. It was a big episode. It was yeah. random. We didn't know it was going to happen. And at that point it was so enjoyable to cover that episode. And, you know, like you said, podcasting, We've been we've talked about shows that we loathe at times, like Walking Dead at times, right? <laughs> it's not a hobby. It's work. It is work. It's genuine work. Like when we cover things like The Walking Dead, which we haven't enjoyed. But you're right. This is the reason why we do it, to come across an episode of television that is this special, mm. uh, with this much production value, with this much emotional weight and characters that you genuinely care about. I mean, mm. whatever you say about last week's episode, it, it made <laughs> us remember what Game of Thrones is and why we care about these characters. Yeah, so much so. You know, we've got everyone in the right place. The emotions were set. The table was laid out and it, it was ready for this battle. And when it kicked off, I'll tell you what, every single scene we were dreading what was happening. Mm. It was a special moment to watch with you lot. Gareth, I'm sorry we couldn't be there to watch it with you. I would have loved to have you here. I genuinely would have yeah. loved I would have loved to have him here or us to be there or whatever to watch it together. Oh, I gen- him here, it's easier. Yeah, that's easier. It makes more sense. One going towards three. <laughs> so sweet. Um, but it was, it was genuinely, like I said, I said in the Endgame podcast, and you said it just then, Josh, I felt privileged to watch that with, with my close friends. I felt privileged to watch this episode. Mm. You will hear throughout this episode our live reactions to some of the moments and you'll see why 
we love this as a, uh, a group of podcasters and a group of friends together. So that's mm. very important. Five blueberries, excellent television, arguably the best thing I've ever seen on TV uh, in an isolated, you know, thing. So well excellent. Done, well, done. well done. Well uh, done. After that little roundup, we're going to jump into the plot synopsis. <sighs> we're going to go through some of the key moments. But before we do, a quick advert. Kill the boy, John Snow. Winter is almost upon us. Kill the boy. And let the man be born. Hello, yes, the advert section once more, but this is a very special time to be alive if you are a fan of pop culture because we have some great things lined up for you. We just released our Avengers Endgame podcast. Unbelievably, I didn't insert that audio. That was our very own John. Mouth trumpet. Mouth trumpet Trumpet is an exceptional instrument. What is also (laughs) exceptional is our podcast review of Avengers Endgame. Please do go check it out. That is on our main fan critical channel. If you are listening to our Bastards and Broken Things channel, go ahead and subscribe to Fan Critical. That can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, you name it, we're on there, okay? So that is our main hub. We are a podcast family and a podcast network. Not only that, later this week, we are releasing the third installment of The Worst of Netflix, a podcast that John and Gareth do together where they trawl through Netflix's worst properties, essentially, and then they report back to you how terrible they are. The search for the Zero Bloob film continues, or more Zero Bloob films. It is a very, very funny podcast, and I want you to check that out because, genuinely, it makes us all crack up in the group, so... Is he having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Very good. Extras reference. Um, and we didn't insert that all We know. That was once again... We're on fire. Because we'll get sued by the BBC otherwise, because you know what they're like. They're... Cowards, if anything. Uh, also, Slugs if you with no do... personality. <laughs> If you do like our conversational style, our reviews of films like Avengers Endgame and and Game of Thrones, then please do sponsor us on Patreon. We are at www.patreon.com forward slash fancritical. If you go on there, there are several tiers. The basic tier gives you access to our Cast It episodes where we recast and we reboot films with our imagination with a whole new cast. Just done Avengers. We just did Avengers with 90s actors only which is a very good rule that we've added in so we've started inserting some rules in there it's it always leads to a hilarious discussion so if you do want that bonus content please do do that there's also a tier where you can commission a podcast on a film of your choosing as well as appearing as a guest on one of our podcasts once a month that is mental that is mental you could have been on this podcast that's a fact if you do support us on Patreon, you also get a lovely shout-out. And the shout-out today goes to Len Preston. Will. Thank you very much for supporting us, interacting with us on all our social media channels, and obviously having a discussion with us. We do very much appreciate our that. Favorite Thank Len. you for your support, Len. I am a fellow Len. Yeah, uh, he's our favourite Len. Yeah, that is fair, you know. Easy. I have flaws. I'm a grey character, like in Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, so thank you very much for your support, Len. Also want to shout-out Michelle. Thank you for so- sponsoring us as well. I know you're a big fan of our Game of Thrones content. You talk Talk to us regularly about it. Your thoughts on the too show. Much. If anything, too much. No, joking, Michelle. We, we, <laughs> we, we love Michelle. We do love Michelle. Thank you very much for sponsoring us. If you would like a shout out on the podcast, you just have to go to Patreon and sign up to sponsor us. John loves Give the me money. Your money. Just a few bucks here or there. I'm not asking for much. <laughs> okay, let's jump into the plot of The Long Night. I have a tender spot in my heart for cripples, bastards, and broken things. Okay, let's jump into the plot of this truly outstanding episode and spectacle of television. John's loving that little intro already. Mm. We start by seeing the troops outside Winterfell. Uh, I have to say at this point, 
meandering some of the people inside the castle. They'd be lazy troops. Uh, the dead are outside the walls. They're just like Tyrion's just knocking about. He's forgot his satchel. He's gone to get that. No sense of urgency. No sense of urgency. How are you starting with a criticism? This was this was awesome, this opening shot. Like, the the tracking shot that follows mm. follows Sam and then switches over to yeah, Tyrion. Yeah, that's true. Like it's one, one shot. shot. And the music, oh my god, the music mm. was terrible. Incredible wasn't it? At I think this point. we'll insert the music at random points during this podcast. Not now, but later on. I have to say, Raymond Raymond Duardi. I went to see him in concert last year. Ramin, Ra- well, Raymond. Well, I went. To see, I didn't say Raymond. I said Ramin. You, you said, said Raymond. Raymond. Well, I went Raymond. You said Raymond. Oh, Raymond. I went to see him in concert last year. Fuck me, that was a brilliant concert. And it mm. played like Game of Thrones scenes in the background as he had this amazing orchestra playing the the themes, the different themes. Those themes have been strung along throughout the eight <laughs> seasons. They've been they've been enhanced. Every single season they've been enhanced. Stringing me along. We have a scene that comes up on us now where Melisandre saunters in and we knew we were going to see her again at some point because she even said to va- uh, varies, varies, it varies. Um, in previous seasons so that, that she was going to she was going to die in Westeros yeah. as will he that's yeah. an interesting point so I thought he was a goner in this episode the visuals of those Arax going up in fire and then them storming <clears throat> towards you know because you would the cavalry is in the vanguard usually because they break through enemy lines that is mm. the that is the purpose of them they're either used as flanking forces yeah. or they go straight through the enemy enemy front spears and, yeah. and shields mm. and they break enemy lines but this is a completely different enemy yeah. where horde mentality takes over and they're just completely overrun mm. but, the, but the visuals of them yeah. going into the into the fray yeah, awesome. were incredible so good man it's the um the the benefit of having uh, john and danny up from that vantage point yeah. that means that you get that that visual that incredible visual of the light of the fire of the flame just being extinguished it's in, it's in, and and then uh, and then from the ground as well oh. it's terrifying isn't it it would it would have been quite funny to just get john and danny standing there watching that whole thing and then just watching all of the fire being extinguished and then just john going Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it just would have killed the moment, but I would have enjoyed that. I really like that. Ghost was in there. Uh, I have to say, Ghost, uh, shall we... We're going to be doing this periodically throughout the podcast, but we are going to raise a drink to the people that we have lost oh. during well, this fantastic I don't, I don't, battle. I don't think Ghost is gone. Uh, very interesting point, John. I mean, he I could just be put in the background of other sex scenes and other things that we know that he could be added <laughs> yeah. to, as we said, where the characters don't even know it's there. <laughs> I, I feel like... Everybody's going to be like, right, Ghost is definitely dead. And then he's going to like, oh, what are you worried about? And oh. he's going to roll up and he's going to go, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? <laughs> that was an amazing start to the episode. This just visual spectacle and then the extinguishing of the flame. And that was a good way of putting it. You know, Danny and John's position, John, you were saying, was like generals in war, which is very true. They have to survey the battlefield. They remove themselves from the field of play. They survey what's going on. And they, yeah, very typical. And they give commands. Sitting there with their nuclear bombs going, do I need to use these? Well, I did say they went a bit early with the, you don't put your best things out straight away. That isn't what you do. (laughs) That's the saying. Don't put your best things out. Yeah, very good. It's like football, just resting all your best players. (laughs) Let's see if we can deal with these. No. Soccer to the Americans. Play your best players, man. Like, fuck No, because the thing is, they they know that they've got the title title clashes next weekend 
Uh, so this one's just <laughs> one against Venture the relegation players, for the big games. Yeah. I have to say, the when the Flames went out, the horses and the Dothraki screamers stopped screaming. Uh, and there was that eerie silence as the retreating horses, retre- retreating Dothraki, fled back towards the, the forces of good. And we see Jorah return. I was getting Faramir Lord of the Rings vibes. Yeah. Because it was very much that sort of situation. They're going into, you know, an unwinnable an unwinnable task and then they were just coming and when Jorah looked fucked up from the start yeah. he was yeah, he, he was, was on shirt. his last legs I genuinely like at one point it looked like he'd lost an eye I, I thought like, he'd lost an eye it, that's Beric it's yeah. also weird how <laughs> he rode back none of them said anything they didn't say yeah there's fuck ton of them they've, they've taken them all I know that's obvious but it was yeah. just silence like you're just going to ride back yeah. and not give any word uh, they were petrified I think mm. I think this is the first time you've seen a lot of these characters truly afraid even in war most of these characters and in big battles most of these characters yeah they're truly afraid but yeah. <laughs> they're, they're fighting a, an enemy that they understand yeah. and that they can even have a bit of compassion with this enemy has no compassion it has it is it is you know horde mentality the dead Very no naughty. emotions it is, it is it must be terrifying mm. even characters like Arya as we'll get on to later you know and, and from the trailers we know this mm. that she genuinely is terrified of this enemy yeah. and Arya plays an extremely massive role in this episode and I have to say <laughs> unbelievable from her but mm. uh, let's move on I want to uh, talk about Dolores Ed yeah now delightful Ed delightful Ed yeah. He is, Ed. He's genuinely one of our favourite characters in the books and in the show. Hey, under, most underrated character. Easy. Big time, big time. And, and unfortunately hasn't had enough screen time in the last season or so, ever since John left the wall. Mm. Now, the moment he saved Samwell, he said, get up, Sam. Mm. No, to be fair, he got, he got Sam out of his like saving Private Ryan moment. Didn't yeah. Because yeah. he was just <laughs> looking around shell-shocked. Yeah. And Fair then, enough. Uh, but yeah, uh, this as soon is as you our, hear Ed's voice, you know he's done. This <laughs> is our live reaction to uh, Dolores getting killed. Get up, man! For fuck's sake. He's going to die. <laughs> we knew that he was going to die. Oh, yeah. The moment yeah. he turned up at Winterfell last week, we you know, we even speculated that he was going to be one of the characters that was was definite cannon fodder. Definitely dead. Yeah. De- and not, not in the office kind of way where it's but, like, he's, nah. he's going to be fine. No, nah. he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely dead. So... Yeah, that was devastating. Um, but you say that, there's so many characters in this episode that you think, yeah, he is definitely yeah, dead. And yeah. then they go, what are you worried about? So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, Brienne, for a start, like, right yeah. at the start. I thought she was I thought she was done immediately. I was like, oh, my oh God, my this Lord. is going to be the most some real brutal screaming. episode ever. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 like, properly, like, my guts are being ripped yeah. out screaming. I was, I was like, oh, no, Brienne. The tears but, started flowing. just... <laughs> Oh, I thought she was gone. And I have to say, her arc has been a beautiful thing to watch from season two up to the point of last week where she was knighted and even given the episode title's name last week, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. I thought she was a goner. <clears throat> like, her arc is completed. And we'll talk about another character later on in Theon whose arc is truly completed this episode. It was already completed and now it's truly completed. Um, <laughs> Len, uh, Len, let me ask you a question. Go on. Let me ask you a question. Is this a weakness of the episode? Yes. That there's not enough major deaths? Yeah. But actually, do you know what? No, because, like, yeah, you're right. You look at it and you go, well, yeah, that person's arc's completed, that person's arc's completed. And if it's so predictable... Good point. Then, 
you know, why does why does that mean it's good? And, and I think we all need to remember that this isn't the end. This felt like a end of series moment. Like this felt like the end of Game of Thrones, but or it like isn't. The penultimate episode. Or the penultimate episode. There's still three episodes to go. That we know from this episode happening now and the resolution of this episode, there is a massive, massive battle coming up for King's Landing and the throne itself. I'm certain that we're going to lose some of these characters along the way. Mm. Um, Yes, it was emotional, the characters that we lost. We didn't lose enough, I don't think. But some of the ones that we did lose, they got to me in ways I never thought they would. Mm. Never, ever thought they would. Redcoat 76. Yeah, he he was devastating when he went. Couple Lovely of the, beard. A couple of the guys they were showing on the front lines, I was like, who is this? Yeah. They showed an Aaron soldier, and I was like, where's Lord Royce? Yeah. Where is Lord yeah, Royce? Weird. Absolute fuck. He was, he, he was off, like, eating something while they were filming this. Genuinely, there were a couple of guys that were standing there, and I was like, right, so that guy's six foot four, he's got a beautiful beard and <laughs> hair. Yeah, that long hair How's guy? he not a main character? Like, <laughs> you think, oh, they're going to kill that guy off. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. Who is yeah. he? Who is he? So the living are absolutely slaughtered as the dead uh, come towards Winterfell's walls. They retreat into the castle. Uh, Whilst they do, Grey Worm orders the final of the Unsullied that he can to protect Melisandre as she uses her magic to ignite the protective fire trench surrounding Winterfell to delay the advancing dead horde. Very visually impressive. Excellent, yeah. Um, One criticism that I could kind of accept of mm. an episode like this um anything that's like big yeah uh, and fast and dark it like it's it's it can be quite difficult to follow what's going on yes. like there are a couple of times yeah. i was like oh jesus has torment's head just been cut off yeah and it's like no no he's okay Who's that? um I, yeah. it was just yeah. some random guy um so it's nice to slow the battle down yes. a little bit uh and, and when you see something like that where you get like the shield wall and trying to hold out yeah yeah that like that is cool yeah and then you get to see like strategic battle um choices or yeah. um tactics or whatever um so yeah when they do that little bit where they're protecting melisandre and she goes forward and takes a, an ice age to read out this spell it's like Fucking hell! Like, I don't know who's come up with these spells, but but it's quicker. It's, quicker. No, it's the thing with Melisandre. She's, repeating she's it. such an interesting. It's it's not one giant spell. She, it's yeah. like it, she's it's a tiny spell that yeah. she has to keep on saying because it's not but, happening. But, but that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the that's the that's the thing about Melisandre. Like starting a car. But the thing about her is she's always been so devout to the Lord of Light, and she believed that Stannis was the one. Mm-hmm. She's read into these prophecies, and she's learned like a you know a good character that they don't always come to pass. Mm. The prophecies can be interpreted. And that's the thing about Game of Thrones, the books, yeah. uh, Song of Ice and Fire, the books. There are so many prophecies and they can all be interpreted in different ways by different people and have different meanings. Just touching on the, the books there. Yeah. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about how the books cross over to the show, yeah. what's in the show, what's in the books, whether or not they marry up. Um, I know there's been some talk about like the Lord of Light and yeah. it, it being evil versus rather than good. Um, it seems like they've kind of gone in that direction where it's like the Lord of Light is a good thing in yeah. the show. Mm. But it's interesting. Religion in Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire is honestly fascinating. It is so interesting because mm. 
you see things happen like John getting resurrected, Beric getting resurrected, Melisandre in this episode, the shadow baby, all this stuff that, you know, it, that, that makes you think, fuck, there is some genuine Lord of Light magic going on, like yeah. the hound seeing things in the flames. Yeah. But then you also have things like the old gods where you have uh, Bran using the weirwoods and yeah. the three-eyed raven. Mm. And then you've got things like the Night King and from Children of the Forest. And yeah. you've got the new gods with the mother and the father. And you've got all of these signs from so many different religions that drowned god in in the iron islands yeah. and that's why it's so fascinating i've not really seen anything that good from the drowned well gods, they do say. drown everyone and then bring them back to life using yeah, cpr but, but the, using <laughs> but the thing is the thing is I just if they were like now they've got superpowers yeah. i'd be like that's pretty cool I it's just the fascinating Lord of light is the, is the one that gets results that's good yeah, yeah no but it, it is interesting like that it sounds like a conservative and for one, any there. for anyone who's not read the books Please do go read the books because you'll see and read these prophecies and you'll like think, wow, this is amazing. I didn't even know this was part of the show. Mm. And it really is still part of the show, but it's like yeah, it's sub- good, yeah, it's yeah. subtext at the yeah. moment, you know. So mm. it, please do go check it out. But Melisandre doubts her abilities. She genuinely doubts whether what she sees, you know, she says confidently to Davos, oh, I'll be dead before the dawn. Mm. Maybe she's right in one way or another. She will be dead, but she doesn't yeah. know for certain that that spell is going to work. You saw the worry on her face trying to enlight that trench. Yeah. Right, Lucy? Yeah, that's the thing. I think what I actually really like about the way her power is used is that it's not like she is a superhero. She really has to summon the power. So she has to say the words with conviction. She's terrified. She can see zombies all around her. She yeah. knows what's at stake. And that's why maybe her conviction is faltering and that's why it doesn't happen straight away. But... She finds it within her and she, you know, she sets those logs on fire. Yeah, I mean, she did have a lighter on her. So, <laughs> could you imagine? Slow torch. <laughs> Why are they sending her out there with just a spell? Like, is a pyre? Everyone else is running towards it, like with a pyre. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be quicker, surely. Yeah, it is. Like, Unbelievable. But yeah. we'll let it go because it was cool. Um, <laughs> and that's what this episode is a lot of times. It is fan service uh, dialed up to 11, but with a lot of emotional stakes. Yeah. Uh, whilst this is going on, John and Daenerys astride Drogon and Rhaegal and engage the Night King who is riding undead Viserion. <laughs> It's worth it's worth mentioning here though that this wasn't the plan. Like no. Danny's decided to to fly off on Dragon yeah. because because uh, she's seen the Dothraki horde just be extinguished. Yeah. And she's like, oh fuck, we gotta go and do something. And John's like, No, no, don't don't go. Don't go. <laughs> she's like, I've got to. And then off they go. So she's um she's jumped the gun a bit and it's it's putting them in a bit of a troublesome spot. We go way back in our Game of Thrones loving. And mm. most of the stuff that we used to do at work is me pretending that inanimate objects are... Ghost. Uh, ghost. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts on John's absolute lack of empathy or care for ghost being a part of that thing that's just running toward the undead? Again, I... It feels a bit like they've genuinely forgotten that Ghost exists and they've popped him <laughs> in. It's fucking afterwards. annoying though, isn't it? it? Because nobody reacts to him. No, nobody they don't. says anything about him. Like, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. John is so connected to Ghost that he should be he should be feeling the terror. Yeah, like yeah. if this was yeah. in the book, yeah. he, he he would be feeling the terror that Ghost is feeling, or mm. um, the the rush of blood or whatever. But there's no connection. It, it's a it's it's like like a handbag that John's just left behind. That's what Ghost is at the moment. Um, I don't know why John's wearing a handbag. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fucking bullshit. Like, 
Len, how, how do you think that is going to play out in the book? Well, I think you're completely right about the ability of all of the Stark children to have a connection to their wolf has been massively underplayed in the show to the point where it's, it's too much information. They've sidelined it. it go, yeah. In the book, you know, and we're going to talk about it now, like John, John's connection to Ghost is so strong that, it, that it is... He's going to walk into Ghost when he dies at the end of season five, and that is how his spirit is brought back. Arya the, does the same thing with Nymeria. Arya does the same thing with Nymeria. Bran obviously got strong walking powers. We don't know from Rickon. Rob had wolf dreams. You know, Sansa had wolf dreams. They, every, all of the Starks had the ability to walk, or not walk, but feel the emotions of their wolf mm. in some way, shape, or form. The show has massively underplayed that. Ghost has been, and we joked about it last week, and Gareth just mentioned it there. You look at the shots. He's just been thrown in there. They've had yeah. those shots done, and then they, you're right; it's an afterthought because to not even have John say a line to him last yeah, week was shocking. It's when he's weird, next it's to him, baffling. I think because he hasn't. Obviously, everyone's commented on, "Oh, where's Ghost?" And then, yeah, like you said last week, oh, he's yeah. just appeared. Hello, here to, I am. Ha- to not have any <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of <laughs> have no reference to it whatsoever, mm. and like you say, he's in there in the vanguard with Sajora. No, there's no with Sajora. There's no it comment makes no on sense. it. Yeah, even if... Sajora. Not that Sajora's gonna be like, all right, ghost or whatever. I, but I quite like that. If like he went to the Dothraki, yeah, and then turned to to <laughs> ghost <laughs> and <laughs> went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just gave him a little wink, and then ghost looks back <laughs> at him and winks. Weird like, I'd love that. that. Considering they all know how much we feel about the direwolves, that they yeah. brought him back and have no reference to him. The, the thing is, direwolves are such a more relatable creature than a dragon. Like I know, yeah. I know we love the dragons, but you know wolves. We all big, want a wolf now. Yeah. you're correct. You're never gonna go right. Oh man, what shit that work! Just get in, sit there, and then a dragon <laughs> jumps up on you, and you're like, "How you doing, boy? You're right, mate." At, t- at times, I look at it and think, "Right, he looks smaller than he was in fucking season two, we, man." We, honestly, yeah. we could have oh. a whole podcast talking about ghosts because we feel that strongly about him. They're better right. off not bringing him back if they're not going to. I, agree. Do you know I, I, I agree. I, I almost think. They should have just gone, John, how you doing, mate? How are you feeling about Ghost dying a while back? Off screen. Went, oh, you know, I'm sad and that, <laughs> but I'm shagging me aunt now. So, <laughs> right, fine. Yeah, that, that would be better. Okay. I've got a cute, got a cute little dragon instead now. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so as John and Danny um, sort of try and find the Night King riding under Viserion through some sort of tundra storm yeah, which has now been crafted out. I mean we'll just let it go let it go let it go no 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 I don't mind this this because this is this is um I think it's quite important because there's the debate um about whether the white walkers bring the winter or whether they come in the winter you know what I mean whereas this sort of suggests that they do actually bring the weather with them yeah no <laughs> I have to, I have to say there has you to be always bring the weather, weather with you, you. I have to say, the idea of them bringing this storm, and you have seen it in previous seasons. It's not like it's not existed. When you saw Hard Home and you saw that massive cloud of ice yeah, and wind true. and, you know, everything come towards Hard Home, you mm. saw it. You saw it again. Um, I mean, Hard Home wasn't a fucking paradise before. No, no, it? I know. But you, you did see the this in the literal name. storm coming towards <laughs> them. And... Everybody's in Hawaiian shirts. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, me and me and John just kept saying like, 
That's cheating. What is... That is cheating. Yeah, we were going but like, then, this is mental. But then dragons is cheating Yeah, agreed, well. agreed. So what they should have done is just text them and go, look, no dragons, no... It's like that scene when uh, Anchorman, skin. we're like, what, so we're not, we're not hitting the... No, no hits to the face, obviously. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm working on Tuesday. <laughs> um... So whilst this is going on, the dead breach the firewall by literally sacrificing themselves and horde mentality once again, Mm. very zombie trope, you know, 28 days later, Infinity Mm. War, all these things. Uh, just sacrifice yourselves for the army. Also, a big reveal is the fact that the Night King's actually there because there yes. was a lot of speculation that he wouldn't from be. You. From us. Yeah, you spread that rumour, yeah. guys. Gareth infected it. our minds with the rumour that the Night King wouldn't hey, be there. It's a good rumour. It, it yeah. made more sense. This is one of my criticisms. Um, of no, it does, it does make more sense, but then it also... You know, there are a lot of negatives to the theory as well. Like, I'm a big fan of it, Gareth, and I actually was supporting it. And I even put it on social media channels. So if you saw that, I, you know, I apologise. <laughs> but um, I will say that the, the theory behind it is this the is fact that... This is my theory, Len. Yeah, Len's theory. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Len's theory. Uh, but yeah, the thing about that. it that's negative is that the fact that we assume that the Night King knows what's going on. Um, and he doesn't yeah, necessarily. I we, think we, that's what you mean. Do we assume that he's got the same powers as Bran? Do we assume that he can see King's Landing through Weirwoods? We know there's a Weirwood in, Night, in, I think in King's Landing, to for Bran, example. But I don't think he has so much foresight. Otherwise, surely no, he'd have exactly. seen um, Aya. And exactly. And we do find out in this episode that Bran has foresight. And we'll come on to that later because it's very, very important. But after the dead breach the firewall and attack Winterfell Castle, the defenders are swiftly overwhelmed and scattered. Mm. And this is where we get our, I think, we've already had a gut punch with Dolores Ed. Mm. I have to say, the brutality of Lyanna Mormont's death (laughs) is one that cannot be overstated. Here is our live reaction to Giant versus arguably the smallest soldier in the... uh, living army no Tyrion was in the <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh my word oh my word oh no oh no dragon glass could have die immediately in the eye why is he eating her what is this yes even if she dies. She's definitely dead. He yes. crushed her body, man. Yeah, that's... Oh, my fucking... word. Lucy, as you are the Stark member of the group, oh. uh, she is one of your bannermen. <laughs> she is. Uh, banner women. Um, the leader of House Mormon. One of the most, I would say, iconic characters of the last few seasons, actually. And, and has resonated very well with a lot of obviously female fans of the show and male fans I have to say fans? and I've always said that no I'll dodge you that well, I've always said that A Song he's of Ice he's been arrested since isn't oh he? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, al- I've always said that A Song of Ice and Fire is a, is a feminine text which really does promote um, you know through hardship very strong female characters yeah I would agree uh, and Liana Mormont has been excellent what were your thoughts on her death heroic valiant I mean, she's incredibly brave for one so small. And as you say, she was leading her troops. Um, it was fucking horrible. It was, it was so fucking. Brutal. I was watching it like, am I see? Is that giant going to eat Leanna Mormon? And eat. You know, that's, we was, yeah, it was yeah, holding yeah, her up. I, I thought, thought it was going to eat her. I was like, the giant's going to eat Any anime fans, it did feel very Attack on Titan. Mm. You know, like 
head about to be bitten off. Or I something. mean, she got knocked to the side, and I thought, oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was like John, John swatting a fly. Oh, because of course you and do. And it came right? back for her. <laughs> but look, if a big fucking crack giant up at that. just slaps a kid, of course, you, it's fine. That, that I mean, that, mental, that man. it made sense that that would happen. It was just to see it, and then yeah, I thought he was gonna fucking fee fi fo fummer. <laughs> Yeah, down in one. So Lucy, um, Lucy, you might but... be you might be interested, you might be interested, Lucy, that um, Leanna Mormont was so DB Vice and um, what's his name Benioff, yeah, said um, double D's that said that that Leanna Mormont was only ever supposed to appear in one episode, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they loved they loved the actress so much. I can't remember her name. Bella um, Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. Oh, looks right. Unfortunate name. Um, yeah, but uh, but they so they obviously kept her in, and um, fans loved her as well. A few people I know don't like her, her though. F- yeah, but they you don't fans. like you don't like her, John. Oh come on! You said now. she was a bit mouthy before. No, I, I just said it was unrealistic that she would be that good. But I like the mm. actress. I think. Yeah, I think she's in a stellar and job. And also, she's fucking Bear Island. I love that. And shit. Bear Island yeah. is wicked. I she's mean, a, she's a little warrior. I they, love that. They've shit. only got sixty-seven warriors, but Jesus, man, they, they you know, they gave it all, and she killed a giant. So yeah. let's give it to her. She killed she's... the giant. That was wicked. I was like, yes, Hats please off kill to him. you, Liana. I might have liked it better if she'd have tried to kill the giant and he just smashed her brains into the ground. No. I, no, but only because... <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ no. man. But I'm just saying She's because... She's like 11 years old. You really don't no, like but, her. No, not at all. Like, I, no, it's the fire that I like. The yeah. fact that she succeeds feels unrealistic in this yeah. uh, in this universe. It, well, it, there is an argument for that. Let's move on to the dead overrunning the walls no. and we're getting into and this is what we we're talking earlier like there's it, it's arguably and people have, you know, said this might not be true, but they've stated that this is the longest ever cinematic battle <clears throat> sequence ever filmed for cinema <clears throat> or television, okay? Yeah. There cannot be wall-to-wall action. You know, we've criticised the fact that it's at night. Sometimes you lose track of what's going on. There needs to be a pace, <laughs> a pace change at certain yeah. moments. Yeah. And we got these excellent, excellent horror trope sequences. Really good. Oh my really during, good. <laughs> inside the Winterfell Castle with Arya, including Beric and the Hound. But the scene with Arya, man, where she's like using all of her abilities to stay quiet as an assassin amongst the army of the dead. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. So, Len, you described it as um, like playing a video game. Yeah. Um, yes. So much so. Stealth. Um, and, and, right, uh, if you think about the video game genre, the reason video games are so powerful in terms of telling a story is that you live that story. Yeah. So it's really like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, man, what is going on? You Who's are that character. Corner? Yeah, 100%. That's why people get so freaked out when they when they play, play horror games. headphones on yeah. and stuff. Um, I felt that watching this. I was yeah. like watching it thinking, oh, man, this is horrendous yeah. to, to kind of experience. You yeah. feel it. That is a testament to the filmmaking and the shots that they choose and how they cut it. It's, it's excellent, man. Yeah, Miguel, it's so good. M- I think his name is Miguel Sapovanich, who's the director. Fucking excellent job. He was helming Battle of the Bastards. He also helmed Hard Home. He's helmed this episode. He's also helming episode five. So whatever that means, it means yeah. obviously a battle is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is excellent at these episodes. Truly a world-class director. Honestly, <clears throat> 
is, uh, some yeah. of the stuff he does with his, for television is is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'd say that, that that this sequence, and I don't know if if Gaz will agree, and we'll ask you in a minute, mate. But I, I'd say this is probably the strongest part of the episode. Like for me, it, it's a it's a, it's the time. It, it doesn't elicit the biggest reaction. No, but. Uh, like on a, sec- on a diff- second take. It was very different to what you normally get yeah, in Game yeah. of Thrones. Like, we're used to horror, like, horrific things happening, but this was real, like, traditional, like a scary movie, really. And like you say, mm. like, the sort of first person... Scary movie too. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the little hand. Take my Take strong, my strong hand. hand. But it, I was like, I don't like this. I mean, I didn't really like Jamie, anything that it? was He's happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, seeing her having to hide and seeing Arya scared, that's not an experience I enjoy because mm. she's not... Normally scared of anything. Yeah. And Gareth, we speculated through many podcasts that the thing Arya would be running from was one of her loved ones, essentially. Either Sansa, the Hound, potentially, Gendry, um, as she was running through the crypts in the trailer, or the Winterfell in the trailer. What were your thoughts that it was just the army of the dead? Well, I mean, it turns out that it's probably just as terrifying to be running away from Zombies. An undead anyone, yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. as it is to be running away from an undead version of your dad. Um, <laughs> uh, so, in in hindsight, you know there was no need for it to be a Stark or or a loved one or anything Correct. for it, for it yeah. to be terrifying yeah. to her. What 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 I think um, added to all of this, though, and I agree with everything that you said. I, I was going to say this. This reminded me of, of of video games that I've played. But what what I think adds to the atmosphere here is that it's happening in the halls of Winterfell, like the place where, um, you know, the the first season is like, it's like, it's a place of kind of joy and happiness and and family. Um, and it's just been turned into this yeah. absolute mm. nightmare. Do, do you know what, Gaz? Gaz, that, that's an excellent point, actually, because if you study horror, the biggest thing that really ticks people's boxes for like, that, that scares people the most is like horror within the home, like mm. horror that's like mm. close to home, even. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that like I, I hadn't really thought about that, but um, yeah, good point, mate. It's seeing your most beloved set turned into your worst nightmare, and that is something that is extremely powerful. Like that's why when you lay awake at night and you hear noises in your own house, that yeah. for you is a terrifying. Thing. Imagine like if you love Pringles and then suddenly <laughs> Pringles are horrifying monster. Yeah. I, I, you just wouldn't live anymore. You wouldn't would you? pop to your stop anymore, would you? <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, bizarre analogy! I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> random. So after these excellent horror scenes, we have Arya fighting for her life, and she is miraculously saved by um, the Hound and Beric Dondarrion. Now, Beric Dondarrion. I have to say, raising a glass to him. Ra- raise a glass as we do for our fallen. Fallen compatriots, Beric, fallen sadly, lightning lord. Beric sadly died um, in this episode, and we did say that he was one of the biggest candidates to die. Um, thoughts on his death, Lucy, and thoughts on the fact that in the books, Derek isn't Be- Be- Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Derek. Derek von Derek. Derek. Oh, I had a lot of drinks during that episode because I needed them for my nerves. But let's just say in the books, uh, Derek Dondarian. Yeah, you Beric, called him Derek I again. I did it on purpose that time. No, Beric Dondarian uh, isn't alive, but in the show he is, and his purpose obviously was very clear in this episode. Uh, thoughts on his death and his uh, res- uh, rescuing of Arya? Um, love him, obviously. Um, I feel like what you said, Gaz, about 
Liana, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like with Beric, the actor did such a good job, whether or not they kind of beefed up his role a bit because of that and because of fans' reactions to him, I don't know. Um, but it seemed like that because the original Beric was obviously awful, looked like Len, as we've all discussed. Um, <laughs> good looking lad, <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't act. Just <laughs> act. It's fine, God. Um, I, I, I love him and seeing him take a lot, you know, very Boromir-esque. He took a few blows, um, kept fighting, saved Arya and it obviously became apparent as to why, why the uh, Lord of Light brought him back so many times. And I, I noticed, I pointed it out, I don't know if you noticed it, Gaz, when he died, he assumed a cruciform, you know, arms spread out like Christ himself. Yeah. On the cross. Oh. Did you notice Didn't that? Notice. I did not, no. Well, well spotted. It was very... Religical. Religical. Is that a word um, or are we, all just, are we all just pissed? I don't know <laughs> which is one. Now. It was a good death and a death that the man deserved. The hound stepped up here and whilst we see Beric dying, whilst we see Beric dying, we have Melisandre and Arya having a conversation. Obviously, famously back mm. in season three, Melisandre spoke to Arya and she said, three things would happen. that She would mm. shut a lot of people's eyes forever. Yep. And then she said, the colour of those eyes and this plays massively into this episode as you'll hear later on we we twig it very late on mm. but uh brown eyes green eyes and blue eyes mm. now yeah, what's the problem with blue eyes yeah well <laughs> i was thinking at that moment just white i was like yeah it makes sense because she's killed white she's probably killed you know we've, she's killed a lot of people like poliver like yeah. you know loads of her Meryn, ca- Trant. Meryn Trant, loads of people on their list this was a very important conversation <laughs> between Arya and melisandre thoughts on it and how it ties into everything that we've ever thought about these two characters and prophecy i liked it like i mean i didn't at any point think it was racist um no, so i don't know just... why you're trying to push that i'm not you know i was just no but you've been winking at me touching my leg <laughs> um, that's a different oh, issue. that's the other thing sorry yeah. um no I, th- I thought it was a good callback it's it's always interesting to watch something like this with you um because you'll see something and everyone will realize what's going on and then you'll look at me and go have you seen what's going on i'll tell you what's going on this is going on i'm like yep it's all good what i liked about this uh this interaction I know, Lucy, you mentioned maybe maybe you thought uh, old old mate Derek uh, was just brought back because <laughs> he was such a good character. Um, but uh, Melisandre here speaks about you know why he was being brought back, and th- there is there is a lot of um, sort of speculation from Beric himself throughout. He's like sometimes he's like I don't you know I keep getting I'm being brought back for a reason. Like I'm here for a reason. And Melisandre suggests that that reason was to keep um, to keep Arya alive. That's why he was he's been brought back. That's why he's been around for years. And then this this conversation with Melisandre, there was a moment where I was like, "Hold on a second, is Melisandre Sirio Pharrell? Is she yes. about to take off her face? Yes, and reveal oh, because man. she says the line. Yes, Gaz." Yes, what I have to say, say Gareth. I even put, I said to John at that point, I'm not going to put it in because it's just a little reaction. Yeah, but I, I, I literally was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> didn't I went not why. today, and I was like, "What would you do if Cereal Pharrell yeah. turned up?" And no, you that's not the same. That's not the same as saying Melisandre. He can't go like. Well, no, I said that in the same day, so that relates <laughs> to that moment. Like, I haven't mentioned Cereal Pharrell for a long time, but that line <clears> of uh, "What do we say to the God of Death?" Not today. Oh man, that was yeah. a season one callback, and yeah, I it loved great. it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we all yeah. said it out Amazing. loud. Mm. So let's move on uh, from that 
very emotional sort of horror tropey mm. scene inside Winterfell's walls. And let's return to outside Winterfell's walls where there are some very serious players who are trying to take down the Night King. We have John and Danny on dragons and we get dragon battle. We finally get dragon battle in the skies. Uh, this is our live reaction. Get off me, you fucking dragon. This is literally our live reaction to dragon battle. We have to attack your path. Yes! yes! Oh, Jesus. Come on, Franco! Unbelievable! Ah! Dragon fight! Oh, Jesus! Rhaegal, dig deep, son. Oh! Ah, Rhaegal's dead. (laughs) Go away! I love how clumsy the Night King looks. Whoa! Oh my word! Yes! Yes! Rhaegal's fucked. You've got to say, though, um, I mean, sorry to dampen any enthusiasm for it, but John and Danny are not the best dragon riders, are they? (laughs) Like, they would have been better off. They would have been better off just staying on that hill and letting the dragons have a go themselves. I will say this, Gaz. It's impressive how good John is, considering he's only ridden a dragon once. He's far better than Danny. Like, far better. He stays on, but he's. He takes, like he's out buttons. he takes out Viserion single-handedly and also knocks the Night King to the ground. But what about Rhaegal the Night King? does that. Like, Rhaegal does that. John's just, yeah. John's just scrambling to hold on while Rhaegal does all the cool stuff. Like, just leave the dragons <laughs> to do it themselves. They know um, what's going on. Have a word with them beforehand well, and say it. After Go Dragon on. Battle, John does manage to take down under Viserion. We think for good. Mm. Uh, the Night King is knocked to the ground. Rhaegal is dead. Dead, we assume at this point. Definitely, Definitely injured. Dead. Definitely dead. So once again, we'll raise a raise a glass. Definitely injured. Raise, raise a glass and clink towards another lost, lost dragon. Another brother I lost. Right. I think he's doing all right. Stop cheersing. What are you doing? He's definitely no. not dead. No, you raise a glass, don't you? You raise a glass to the dead, Gareth. Yeah, if, if he died, he Gareth, didn't die. I know you do graffiti on fucking graves, but some of us <laughs> clink a glass. We what are you talking? Rhaegal is not dead. <laughs> Uh, he, he looked very dead to me. I thought he was fine, but then what he never came mean? back. He had the crosses on his eyes and his tongue was hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> He's set himself up for to be in a bit of trouble because all of his like uh, scaly armour around his chest has been destroyed. Yes. He's going to be killed in... That's in, pretty bad. He's going to be killed in Ki- King's Landing when a... Like anti-aircraft missile hits. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that will annoy me. That, that will is annoy definitely me. happening. If that that will annoy me. Kyburn. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. Uh, but the dragon yeah. battle was pretty cool. So after John uh, falls off Rhaegal, Viser- dead Viserion is dead. The Night King's just sauntering. Uh, I don't know where he's going. Probably towards Gran Wan. Probably trying yeah. to kill Wan. Probably trying uh, to kill Wan. Danny has a kill shot, as you would say, as far as dragons go. Fucking A, man, yeah. Uh, He's just standing there. At this moment in time, we all knew this wasn't going to work because she looks so fucking smug in a little Danny way that she does. You know when she looks really smug? Mm. Then she's like, oh, Mm. I'm so fucking good. But fair play to her for doing it. What do you mean, fair play? Fair play for for trying Of course you're going to try it. Well, yeah. That's what I just said. So fair play to her for trying because <laughs> what, this is if she hadn't, you, everyone would go try it. Bran said no one's ever tried. Try it. Go and she on, did. try it. So fair play to her for trying. <laughs> yes. I mean, Classic. an idiot would not have. So it's not. What? <laughs> an idiot wouldn't not. <laughs> the double negatives are going to kill me. This is already descending into chaos. Dracarys doesn't work, and 
uh, it seems it was a very Terminator 2, Terminator 1 moment where the flames recede. Either one. Either one. <laughs> either way. He could be literally either one. Yeah. Uh, and the, <laughs> the force of evil is still there. The force uh, of evil. And he smirks. And he smirks, yeah. man. That yeah. was he weird. Smirks. Little Fuck wink him. as well. Fuck yeah. him. Thoughts. No, that was that was good, but it's fucking obvious, wasn't it? Like yeah. we're all sitting there. I mean, you were barking away, again. It's not going to work, honestly. And I'm like, stop touching my leg, man. <laughs> you know, like, honestly, it's not. Um, yeah, it was. <sighs> Could they have done that better? I think it was pretty good. The, the visual of the it night, would, uh, like the if, visuals, are impressive. If the Night King would have like cowered, he'd be like, "Oh fucking hell, he's dead!" Yeah, and then. Then he done the old wow well, now, I was only one in your it's, I think it's more impressive that he just stood there, looked up, and then smirked at her. Mm. I, I I love that. And the visual of him being ice, this embodiment of ice, and then the fire around him, it was beautiful to see. Like the CGI on that was special. That mm. was special. Some of the shots of the Night King actually in this Don't whole me. in this whole episode are mm. beautiful and yeah. in a beautiful in a horrifying way <laughs> oh you fancy fuck him, do you? me yeah well you know i've been through john and now i want to go to the night king so <laughs> oh well that didn't work then john is like well i'll tell you what will work i'm gonna fucking run towards him and have yeah, a good well, go give it a go innit? and as that happened unbelievably this is our reaction as it went to a fucking advert break <laughs> oh, uh, John's gonna die. Oh saving. my god, oh, John! Man. No, he's not. He's John, not. just fucking kill him, man. Throw your sword at him. Here oh, we go. Oh my lord! Oh, what are you ripping <laughs> off? It's a bloodbath. Mental. Unbelievable. <laughs> Right. It was the worst. I never would do a reaction for an advert break, but that was the worst was timing. Worse. Yeah, it was, was so good. bad. Um, yeah. Volvo? <laughs> <laughs> Volvo. Uh, off, and we are sponsored by Volvo, so yeah. no, um, generally not, but please do sponsor Gen- us. Generally not. Gen- he survived somehow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable once when again. Are so we killing these people. For now. John's running towards the Night King. The Night King decides to use his ultimate weapon, which is his ability to raise the army of the dead. And we did That's say bad. throughout this battle that every soldier <laughs> lost would become an army of the dead. Uh, around John Great timing, raises 20,000 at least soldiers inside the walls of Winterfell <laughs> and outside the walls of Winterfell. We're not counting. Thoughts of that? Oh, like, I loved it. Like... <sighs> It's just that impending doom we like, oh, fucking hell. They've lost this battle. Surely yeah. it's over. They're I mean, like, we were no saying throughout, weren't we? How are they going to win this? How yeah. how is how is this going to work? How much longer well, have we got left? 12 minutes. How are they going to win we're, this? We're going to come on to that. Yeah. 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 Screaming for, like, other wolves. Screaming for Ned. Screaming <laughs> for Drogo. We were screaming, screaming for random dragons that don't exist. We were like, like what the fuck is Wan yeah. doing? He, we, were, we were all like, Wan's doing something. Yeah. We just don't know He's it. He's buying yeah. time. Wan's doing something. Wan's like, I have to go now. And off he goes. He flies around <laughs> he a like, bit. Where? <laughs> we going, oh, sorry, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, as this is going on, and he uses his magical hand powers, which is, Ooh. you know, uh, I think we all have magical hand powers, normally when we're bored on a Sunday. Fair. Slightly hungover. <laughs> no. um, can I just say that we have been a big fan of crypt theory here on the podcast. We have spoken about it mm. for weeks in advance. 
And can I just say high five to everyone here? We are correct. Crypt theory was a thing. Yay, something awful but, happened. But, but, it was all like nondescript skeletons that came out, wasn't it? It wasn't. <laughs> yes. Like, it, it would have been, imagine if it had been like a recognisable Stark. But there aren't any. The there aren't any other they than Rickon. They would have been skeletons. There aren't other than any other than Rickon that we could actually know. And what's he going to do, lousy prick? Jesus, man. Sorry, he is useless. Well, have a go at him. He's just young. Um, He's just a kid. So the crypts are overrun with the dead. Uh, Some of the major characters down in the crypts were now fearing for their lives. I thought Varys was definitely going to die in this episode. Varys. How did he die? It varies. It varies. The fear of being trapped down there, not knowing what's going to come for you. And I have to say, the moment between Sansa and Tyrion... Um, after we've heard Sansa say that he was the best husband she ever had. Oh, my word. It was very emotional. That started the tears, uh, tears coming to my eyes. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm shipping Tyrion and Sansa now. Absolute ships would. Um, I love that idea that they that was a lovely. Together. That was a lovely moment. And I, I, I love Sansa. I think she's really grown into this role. Um, Sophie she's Turner, the actress. In this episode, I love yeah. her. But that moment with her and Tyrion behind, when they're hiding and they, they both pull out a dragon glass dagger... And I was like, they're ready to fuck shit up. I was like, they're going to kill each other, or what? What are they doing? Suicide pact. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Yeah. I I was like Romeo and Juliet. I said, that would be so shit. Can you imagine? Yeah. So before they cut back to them at the end of the episode, and no, we're skipping along. um, Part of me felt like we were going to go back to just both of them dead. Could you imagine? That would be weird. And Arya would be like, no, I I killed the Night King. Why are you spoiling that? <laughs> we skipped to the end already. We yeah. did say there were spoilers. Mm. No, that was that was an emotional moment, and Tyrion and Sansa in this episode, Sweet, wasn't it? And I, I'm telling you now, <clears throat> I could see that being a relationship that might work. Mm. Actually, post everything that's going to happen post, in the you show, you know who dying? What, Danny? Because she's going to die. <laughs> no, because you don't want me to spoil Voldemort. the other person that dies that we shipped with Sansa. I mean, look, they've got some they've got some political maneuvering to do if they're going to be a a, a couple. Um, and you know this is this is where things like that conversation that came up last week um, between Danny and Sansa that that's why they're interesting because there's still this this political tension that goes on that's <laughs> going on even though they're battling against the undead it's like well what comes after that is also a very tricky aspects that's why it's called game of thrones is because it's actually (laughs) about who's going to be who's going to who's going to get the throne like that's what it's really about yep and it's very good a key player in the game of thrones is daenerys (laughs) and i think she was massively useless in this in this episode to be honest with you bit harsh Uh, i don't think it's harsh it does show that really all she is is a dragon and like ideas of birthright yeah and i have to say uh when i quite like that but when drogon was overwhelmed and swarmed by the dead and mm. she was left isolated for the first time, arguably since the battle in Marine where she was in the Colosseum before mm. Drogon flew in and saved her. Mm. Uh, she felt very vulnerable to me. Very, very vulnerable. Yeah. If it wasn't for Sajora, who we'll come on to in a minute, uh, <laughs> she was absolutely fucked. Brilliant moment that though, wasn't it? Brilliant moment when he came back in to save mm-hmm. her. We did cheer. I'm not going to put the reaction in. There's better reactions to come. Um, well, but even that little squeal. That, that little that was a live the, squeal. There's more the of Baron, that to come. 
Um, <laughs> but but Jora is mortally, mortally wounded after defending her. Mm. Thoughts on Sajora, who is one of our favourite characters. I literally Ian love, Glenn. I love Sajora. I. I was going to call him Sir Ian Glenn. Sir Sir Ian, Sir Sir Ian, Sir Ian. He is he's an amazing (laughs) actor. He's got the best voice in Game of Thrones, Um, and I think as book readers, we all know that Sajora in the book is not really as easy on the eye, or just as a palatable. Definitely not easy on the eye because it's not, you know. No, but the way he's described, he's described as like this big hairy bear. Um, Nothing wrong with that. John's quite some people like like that. Yeah, he's described like John. Which it's not why anyone wants. No, um, so oh. <laughs> I'm joking. I wish you died in this podcast. <laughs> I died in the last one. <laughs> oh, but in word. the book, you die in every podcast. In the book, he's not oh, as God, palatable. I'm fine. You can talk. <laughs> Coming from you. Finish <laughs> the point. He's he's so much more palatable in the book. Um, but I love what I keep wanting to call him Sir Ian. Um. Ian Glenn has done with him yeah. in in the show, oh, he's great, and honestly, man. his yeah. the sacra. He's I mean, he's always everyone jokes about friend zone. He would die for Daenerys, and he does. Yeah, because he's in the friend zone. Um, he's great, man. Like he is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the highlight for me of uh, of Jorah dying, um, and I didn't want him to die, obviously, because you know, do you know what? As as uh, as friend zone guys go. Um, I'd have a drink with him. Oh, Len, I know you'd have a drink with him. Gaz, pr- you'd have a drink with him, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you? He's probably my number yeah, yeah. two in Game of Thrones, Jamie being number one. I think he's so handsome. Oh, uh, don't worry about Jamie. You wouldn't have a drink with him. He's got one hand. But Gaz, you'd have a drink with him, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. He's a he's a he's a top top bloke. But top, top bloke. Um, the other the other key thing is that's the end of House Mormont. Completely. Oh my, oh my lord! Yeah, good point. House Mormont is no more. There's probably there's probably like a random one like Justin Mormont that's just like in the <laughs> Justin with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It like he's been protesting about climate change or something. I'm sure, like there's there's like a shit one. <laughs> to be fair, climate but... change big problem up actually up north. Mm. Fucking a. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to know what climate change is, like Jesus Christ. Maybe man, this whole thing is a commentary north. on climate change. Could be, buddy. Could be, but yeah. um, ice and fire. I we've said that. <laughs> no, I I I I was really sad about about Jura dying. Um, and you definitely feel it when you're sitting with someone that's in tears watching yeah. it happen. What? Um, it's so, it was, I was in bits. Well, that's not a criticism. That's so, uh, so look, emotional. Yeah, that's fine. That's lovely. Um, now, fair play to Jorah. He's been excellent. I'm, I'm sad to see him go. Um, but what a way for him to go, man. Mm. And I have to say it was a devastating death. Uh, but for me, the most devastating one is yet to come. Uh, I will say this, that uh, we mentioned it before, that Ramin Dwadi's score is exceptional. I think we said Raymond. Raymond Dwadi's score is is exceptional in this episode. Uh, The piece of music used in the final, like, six or seven minutes of this episode is, I think, the finest piece of music that the show has ever done, mixed with our characters in absolute peril. We knew when this situation was going on, and we even said it here, amongst ourselves, the only way they could win this battle is to take out the Night King. Because as we know, taking out the Night King is like destroying the One Ring in Lord of the Rings when our heroes are surrounded. A very similar thing. And we know Mm. Tolkien is a massive, massive inspiration Mm, for George. And we said, even in previous seasons of Game of Thrones podcast that we've done, that 
this was the way that it was going to happen, that everyone would be in peril and the Night King would be um, defeated and everyone would be okay. By a plucky hero. But this score, and I'm going to play it now (laughs) as it's going on, we'll play little sections of it and underneath as we talk about this, is unbelievable, man. The, Mm. The emotion that it brings through is incredible. feels so helpless um, mm. and it, it, it's it's so inevitable um, it feels inevitable in, not to quote yeah, thanos then, or anything from previous <laughs> another podcast but it does feel inevitable <laughs> from previous episodes but then there is there is within this bit of music there's like a it, it's so subtly done but there's like a slight key change in there mm. that makes you think there's something about to happen yeah um, it, it, you're right. It is an absolutely amazing piece of music because it has you, it has you simultaneously thinking, "Oh my god, everybody's going to die." Yes. Like, what are they? There's nothing that they can do here. Yeah. But also, you're like, I think something <clears throat> might be about to happen. Yeah. And we criticised the idea in the previous episode that Theon and the Ironborn were going to be protecting Bran. You did. I did definitely because I just think that's such a weird thing to happen. It However, is a, yeah, it's it is a weird, weird group because they're really not fitting, the best. Though. No, but but when you yeah, but when you look at it now, Lucy, it is fitting, right. isn't it? Lucy, yeah, it is. But I thought it was symbolic anyway for Theon to, for what he did to Bran and Rickon um, in the second season to be like, mm. I'm going to protect you. He know he knows he's going to lay down his life for him, yeah, and he knows that's what he has to do because of everything that's gone before and. The moment with Bran and Theon, I mean, again, floods over here, set me off again because Mm. I think Alfie Allen has done such an amazing job. Underrated. So underrated. And I actually think he's better in the show than in the film. Uh, In the film. In the book. (laughs) 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 The the little scene film of Game of Thrones. No, I love him in the the show. Yeah, but what about in the film? (laughs) In the film. (laughs) No, in, in the book, I think... There's a lack of depth to him, and I think the oh. yet we don't know it yet. Though, I know, but that's just my opinion from watching it. Yeah, I know, but I think it's quite surface How level. I can say what I like. You? 
I think Reek This is America. Reek and Theon are two of my favourite characters in the books as well, similar to a reason why Jamie is one of my favourite characters in the books and in the show because of his redemption arc. And mm. it is safe to say that the Theon Greyjoy redemption, which I know you're a big fan of, Gareth, is exceptional. Mm. Um, yeah. He, as I said, this episode surprised me because I knew in my heart that Theon putting himself in that position was probably going to die in this episode. Yeah. Uh, we have had a social media blackout before watching it, so we had no spoilers, but you know, we all thought he was going to die. When it happened, and Bran uh, turned to him and said, Theon, you're a good man. Well, hold on. He says, he says, Theon, you're a good man. Thank you. Yeah, He's exactly. Better than that. that's, that's not yeah. a good impression. That, yeah, that's that, a terrible impression. Mine was better. Mine was better. Mine was better. I thought it was quite good. Um, I teared up. Because that for me was just a beautiful moment. And then when Theon just charged and the music swelled, I was like, oh, I can't take this. I can't take it. It was beautiful, right, Gaz? Yeah. Um, it, his running style's a bit funny, though, isn't it? How dare you? I mean, what are you doing criticizing that? He's not even that? cold in his grave. He's just slaughtered about, honestly, most improved player goes to Theon Greyjoy. Mm. He was unreal oh, in this fight. That's classic, Gareth. Uh, it, it, but but what I loved though is like yeah. after he's just he's just been killing them nonstop for like thirty minutes, and he just stops for a moment, absolutely exhausted, and then you see that 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 slightly wider shot, and there's like another million yeah. whites just standing there. It's yeah. like oh my god, what? It's, no more arrows. So Out of arrows. <laughs> Out of arrows. Um, and yeah, I mean. I, I like you say I love the Theon Theon Greyjoy redemption. It's amazing, and <clears throat> and I thought he I thought it was complete last week, but it yeah. was complete. It was complete with this episode, with him protecting Bran and sacrificing himself. And he knew he knew that he was going to die when he he was charging at the Night King, um, but he had to do it. And um, there was a moment actually, like after he fell to the ground, and he hadn't quite <laughs> died yet. I yeah. was like. Is he gonna? gonna is he gonna kill him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then he just died. But can you imagine if something would have happened where I don't know some something was knocked toward him and he picked it up and finished the Night King off? It would. Been... It did. It did feel like that was a possibility. But what we did get in the end was something that, to be fair, as book readers and as show watchers, we didn't really twig until just before it happened. <laughs> this is the entire reaction of the final, say, minute. Uh, of essentially the episode. Oh, wow. Excellent. It is ridiculous. Mm. We lost our minds. Please, Arya. It's got to be Arya. He can't die now, surely, but then how does anyone else live? Because what's the rest of the show? Where are you, John? What's she doing? Arya's going to kill him. Oh, my God. Come on, Arya. Blue eyes. Right. She's... Oh. That was the... That was in the... Make, I might make it my ringtone. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, 
It could be our ringtone. It could be something that we... I'll take all the credit in the world for suggesting that we do this this season. Yeah, what, well live done. reactions? Yeah. yeah, fair enough, because there are... No, so but, sensible uh, thing the, you've said all reason, day. No, but... <laughs> but the reason I say that is there's nothing better than seeing real. Like, no. And, and listening to real. Yeah. Like, and, and since Endgame, mate, I'm... I'm YouTubing Indian cinemas just to see what <laughs> actual people thought of it happening then. Like, yeah. is there, there's something that elicits a reaction when you're listening to people experience something for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And we, we've got that forever. Yeah. And, and yeah. whatever happens... I'm cry again. Whatever happens, we've got that forever. And that's excellent, man. Uh, I fucking love that. Like, there, there's... You mentioned Breaking Bad before. Like, there's stuff that I've watched. I'm like, I'd fucking love to... Watch that with Go someone. Go back. Like watching Lord of the Rings and stuff. Yeah. Well, I know it's slightly different because you know what's going to happen, but it's just fucking awesome to know how you felt. You, you mentioned like, oh, it's like the World Cup or something. Imagine watching yourself when England score in the fucking semi-finals or whatever. Mm. That's, that shit is excellent. Priceless. It's priceless. So it's so priceless. I was, I was going to say, this is because um, obviously... You know, given the distance, I didn't get to watch with you guys. So it's actually it was actually amazing to hear your reaction to it. And I've got to say, I I think I had the exact same reaction. Like I, so when that moment happened, I punched the air. Like I celebrated. I ran around. Right. Honestly, like like it was it was like Liverpool had scored ninetieth minute winner. Like oh, I I went mental. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And it was just out of nowhere. Uh, for me, it was out of nowhere. I could, obviously, Len, you picked up on the clues, which is fair enough because I was I was too involved. No, before it happened, I said, where's Arya? I said, where's Arya? And then we saw the wind flick. I did get it just in time. Give me a bit wind of credit. Flick. Jesus Christ. Um, right. But yeah, yeah it, okay. was, it was an unbelievable moment, a culmination of seven books, two of which aren't, which aren't even written yet. Um, and over 60 hours of television mm. to see Arya be the one that actually takes out the Night King with that incredible stealth catspaw dagger move. Oh, my word. It wasn't a catspaw well, dagger. The dagger. It was a catspaw yeah. dagger. Yeah, yeah, dagger. That to Sam. No, she gave the dagger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she gave the uh, dragonglass dagger. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was unreal. Sorry, and yeah. let's just talk about this right now. That is essentially Bran having foresight because he gave the dagger to Arya last season correct nah, he's fluked that he's fluked it has he he's fluked it yeah yeah because he doesn't know what's going on half the time like he, all he's doing is going I'm just gonna use the trees to watch my siblings fucking one another right? <laughs> no, I, think, just I think he has the look green at better people man I think he I think he knew and I think he wanted Theon to give Arya enough time to do it yeah that's a very good point as well buying buying some time yeah. For Arya, Gareth, your thoughts on that whole moment? I've read that a few people thought that there was some sort of trap set up by Bran. Um, yeah. Because he obviously, he's, he's staying pretty calm. Yeah. Um, that maybe he had like a, a bomb or something with <laughs> oh full, my word. filled and with dragon bell. glass. And a little ding, bell, ding, perhaps. Pector <laughs> <laughs> Salamanca style. Um, so <laughs> that could have happened. Um, I've, read, I've read people saying things like, oh, that means... So Arya is Azor high, and I, I don't think it does. I think it means mm. that the prophecies weren't relevant. That's what I think it means. Yes, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, yeah, and I like I 
in the moment, it was absolutely incredible. And I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it was Aya who did it. I like that. And I'm yeah. glad it was with that dagger. Yeah. Um, and D&D and and have said, like, they, they decided about three years ago that it was going to be Aya who was going to kill the Night King. So they decided that. So I'm not sure this is going to happen in the books. Very um, good point. Or if it does, it will be quite different. And, and um, the, yeah, and the reason we'll talk about that now, Gareth, just quickly, we're not going to have a Song of Ice and Fire corner this week because we're, we're running long and I think this episode is more based on emotion. I don't think we need to delve into book stuff because there's not much book stuff that legislates for this. But what I will say mm. right now is that Beric Dondarrion is dead in the books at this point. We have Lady Stoneheart who is alive and not in the show. Lady, Lady Stoneheart is a resurrected Catelyn Stark. <laughs> um, it's difficult to see how she will give up her life protecting Arya so that Arya can kill the Night King. However, I'm sure there's other pieces that could come into play. And what I will say is, I agree with you that I don't think it will be Arya in the books. It, there's too much prophecy at hand in the books to say that it's Arya. I think so. I think it's too important. I also think that there has to be in the books, because I've said this a few times, that you know we don't get... We don't get good and evil characters Correct. in in Game of Thrones. The, at the moment in the show, the Night King and the White Walkers are just evil. There is yeah. no, there's no motivation. We don't know what they want. Yeah, and you know, I I hope that the books do explore that in more detail because yeah. um, this this just sort of evil entity that's just out for mass destruction isn't very George R R Martin to me. Um, so. Uh, whilst I, I can accept it happening in the show, um, I am hopeful that it's that that is different in the books. Mm. Very much so. Uh, an incredible emotive moment, an incredible episode ended by what Melisandre promised and her wandering out into the dawn, taking off her amulet and literally vanishing mm. into nothing. Uh, nice ending to the episode, actually. Yeah, great, great scene. And I think... Just Melisandre coming back for this one episode and just nailing it, basically. Yeah, I loved it. I loved her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved her involvement, obviously, because she helped us win. But it us, was just... Us. Well, <laughs> the living. Whose side are you on? Um, I wish I was dead at this point. <laughs> death is coming, don't worry. Alcoholism um, is a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great It was a great ending for her. And mm. it was a great sort of, not cameo, because it was a bit more extended than that. It's but cameo. just a great ghost appearance a for her. Fucking yeah. ghosts don't Smith. exist. Ghost is a hallucination. <laughs> I think we're hallucinating him. Yeah, good point. No, it, right. was, it was a beautiful end to the it's episode. And I have to say... I just want to reiterate how important this episode is in terms of television history. I think we are watching something right now which is monumental. Uh, there are several se- series of television where you look back and you look you look at them and go like the Sopranos finale is is, is one of the most monumental moments in television. Mm. You've got you've got even shows like Lost, which aren't necessarily critically acclaimed, but definitely were a a moment of television that you had to be present for. This is up there for me. <laughs> with anything that you've ever seen. Breaking yeah. Bad, yeah. Uh, The Wire, mm. you name it. This, mm. in terms of spectacle, in terms of what you thought you could watch on the silver screen, uh, it's a defining moment. <laughs> it's a defining moment for yeah. what is achievable. If you saw 100%. this in the cinema, you wouldn't be disappointed. We just went to see Avengers Endgame and I can tell you something right now. Well, hold on. 
that was an amazing spectacle. This, if I saw that as well in the cinema, I'd be like, fucking hell, this might be better than that. 100% This might be better than that. Yeah. And that is saying something. So, uh, well done to the Double Ds, well done to all the hard work (laughs) that the actors have put in, the casting team, the costume team. We like Double Ds. The special special effects team. Uh, It's been incredible. And if anyone has any last thoughts to say on the episode, please say so now. Hey, like... We've got three fucking episodes left. Yes. That like that's that for me is the fucking yes. That's the twist. Yes. That's excellent. I did not think the Night King was gonna die in this episode. I didn't know what I thought was gonna happen. Is he dead? Is he dead? He better fucking be dead. He better fucking be dead. You're like he's definitely dead. I'm not having that he's not not in like the office way where he's like what what are you worried about? Then you're like he's definitely dead. He's definitely dead, he's definitely dead. Um Gaz definitely dead he's definitely dead though i mean that <laughs> they would just be undoing one of the greatest moments in tv history if he wasn't All right um i think before the season ends we will get a reference to someone carrying on that legacy of the of the white walkers yeah uh, and that is interesting as well let's just talk about that quickly that in fact i'll go as far as to say it would be terrible if that doesn't happen. It, it's interesting because we know that this event happened, the Long Night, which is this episode is named after, we, happened 8,000 years ago. And it yeah. is also what the prequel series is going to be set on, which is coming out probably early next year at this mm. stage, uh, which is in development and in pre-production and in principal photography. Mm. The interesting thing is we know this incident has happened before. We assume the Night King was defeated. We have rumoured that it was a treaty that was brokered between men and the Night King. Maybe now that doesn't seem like it might be true. Mm. And he might have been wiped out before or a previous Night King was wiped out before and another one was reinstated. So there is the potential for this enemy to re-emerge in Game of Thrones lore. Look, maybe the uh, the whole prince's, uh, the prince that was promised thing is... A sacrifice. Yeah, but then they decide not to do the sacrifice and then that continues the... Yeah, interesting point. Could happen. It very, very much could happen. An incredible episode. Uh, you know, this has been amazing to watch with friends and amazing to just watch in general. Uh, please do let us know your thoughts on the episode. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or alternatively, you can get in touch with us on any of our social media channels. We are at fan underscore critical on Instagram, at fancriticalpod on Twitter, and we are fancritical on Facebook. We really do like hearing your thoughts. Sometimes we have a feedback section, sometimes we don't. With this sort of show, at the moment we don't because we have a lot to cram in and it's, you know, it's a lengthy, lengthy discussion that actually gets edited way down. So what I will say is uh, we are going to reply to all of your thoughts and we'll take them on board and maybe talk about them in length in other episodes but uh, please do get in contact with us and sponsor us on Patreon if you would like to do that it's www.patreon.com forward slash fan critical do it join us join us join, join us. us won't you one of us one of us scary stuff Google gobble Google gobble great stuff guys I want to say thank you to John cheers mate thank you to Lucy R.I.P. Jorah thank you to Gareth Thanks, mate. And thank you to Game of Thrones show for providing us with what has been one of the most enjoyable viewing experiences wow. of and my thank life. Thank you, Len. Oh, thank you what very much, mate. What a fucking pleasure that was. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well done, Ple- Len. Pleasure, guys. Uh, Vala, Daharis, and uh, Vala Magulis. Correct. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>